what we do here is go back, 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 back. Um, my microphone is on a mattress right now. Welcome back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I am Micah McDonald. With me, as always, is Andy McDonald. And Raiders are making some moves. We got some moves being made. We got a big episode for y'all. We got some quarterback rankings. Andy might be, be popping out for us. I'm literally doing the rundown, which is what he does. And that's normally, fine. So I'm going to stop doing that. <laughs> and I'm going to kick it to him. How you doing, bruv? Eh, hey, bruv. Right. Um, no, man, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's May 19th, you know, like usually not a time in the NFL season to have things to talk about. But as you said, Raiders have made some moves and I'm back at it again. I'm back at my rankings. So, you know, something that I'm, I'm excited about and, and not excited about because I do have some stress around it, but getting into some quarterback rankings, which we will unveil, but we're going to talk about, you know, some things that the Raiders are, are doing, um, some moves that have been recent outside of free agency and the NFL draft. Mike and I talked, and we decided that I'm going to reveal my top 15 QB rankings of the NFL 2023 season. So we're going to do 15 through 11 tonight, and that's just going to be fun because obviously I am an expert, as everyone knows, and I will not be wrong, certainly. But before we get into those rankings, let's just um, get into some, some Raider news. So as of recent, something that we haven't touched on, the Raiders have made some transactions, traded Brian Edwards um, and a seventh round pick in the 2023 draft for, uh, to Atlanta for a fifth round pick. So trade the seventh, Edwards, get a fifth round pick um, for the next year's draft. And it, it kind of made sense as far as, Micah will be the analyst on this, but um, it kind of made sense as far as the receivers that we were signing and kind of the direction we were going um, as it relates to McDaniel's system. But Edwards, seventh, see you later. Atlanta gave us a fifth, game blouses. And then we ended up trading with New England. Um, We sent a sixth round pick in the 2023 draft um, and picked up Jared Sidham. Um, and then also a seventh round pick, which is usually the late round swap. The Raiders have added at quarterback, ended up cutting, gosh, I already forgot his name. His Garrett name, Gilbert. Garrett Gilbert. He was like our fourth string quarterback, third string, whatever, cut him, but acquired Jared Stidham. If for those that are keeping track at home, it was someone that the Patriots drafted pretty early a, a few, years, few years ago and had kind of this thing with Jimmy G. Tom Brady, who's going to be the successor, et cetera. So, um, Micah, any thoughts on those recent acquisitions that the Raiders have done? Yeah, so it was definitely interesting seeing Brian Edwards getting shipped out. It's not surprising, but it was very interesting when it came across the old ticker uh, and the timeline on Twitter. Made sense in the realm of the fact that, like, he was expected to essentially kind of turn into and kind of be – the role that Devontae Adams is going to now play as kind of that bigger body X guy. And 
now we have Devontae Adams, so we do not need Brian Edwards anymore. Something that like both you and Mel Dream have pointed out before, like he has trouble getting separation. His trouble, you know, creating space, being able to get open really um, in a timely manner in regards to car going through his progressions and everything. So, you know, I think the the thing was that we'd hope that he would come into his own and kind of progress and get better, like year two, year three, breakout season for, for Edwards. But new regime decided to move on. I think really what's not talked about, I think Mariota went out and told them, if I'm going to be your QB1, you need to go out and get my guy. And that's what they did. They went out and got Brian Edwards, him and Mariota. I think they had a good connection. So you want to talk about the Raiders getting rid of him? Yeah, maybe. I think a little untold story behind that is Mariota told him to go get his guy and they got him. So good on the people. People forget Mariota negotiated the seal. I mean, Michael was the first on the scene. Credit to you. Heard, heard it here first. <laughs> Mariota, a big player in this uh, Brian Edwards trade. Yeah. No, but honestly, like that, like that, that does make sense as far as the connection goes. And it's funny, it as you have referenced a lot, like Raiders Twitter is, you know, before Devontae Adams and even when we got Devontae Adams, it was all this Brian Edwards thing of like, okay, he's the guy, it's fine. But like, it, as much as like, I think we, I, I'm not going to speak for you, but like, I feel like we both saw like, yeah, we, we've seen flashes and we can see that he could fit in this offense. He just might not be the type that McDaniels and, and whatever, how they see him or how they you know value him on the roster, you know, whatnot based on, what we could receive, which is a fifth round pick, which is very important because we sent him in a seventh, you know, and get the fifth round pick back or sixth. Sorry if I messed it up, but, but that the way that um, having that fifth round pick next year and the way that we can move into the fourth or third for a top prospect, like that value is, is hard to actually determine. So if you're really kind of skeptical about someone and, be like, I don't even, I, he might be our third or our sixth wide receiver. I think that's like totally fair to, to gain those assets. So anyways, I think there's a lot of ways you could spin it, but agree with you as far as like we, we saw flashes and, and things that he he could have done, but also it, it was never like certain that he was like, that's our guy, you know, because we do have Adams, Renfro, Waller, you know, what have you. So he was kind of just someone that we could use as, We'll get rid of them if the value is right, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. It's like I said, that's where it all boils down to the fact that it's like it's it was definitely interesting when it happened. Not surprising though that it happened. So touching on the other one that you mentioned, McDaniel's going out and getting his guy in Stidham. Um, you know, there was there was a big there was a big time frame, I would say for probably about like a four month time frame where Patriots fans thought Stidham was the guy. And our boy, Mello, big Stidham fan. We saw, obviously, that didn't necessarily pan out like it was supposed to. Then we got Mac Jones. Anyways, we traded for him. I think the bigger news um, is the fact that we cut Garrett Gilbert. And here's why. The last time the Raiders cut Garrett Gilbert, they went and won 12 games in 2016. And made the playoffs. You know what also happened that year? Derek Carr broke his leg. So trading Garrett Gilbert is not the best of luck for the Raiders. I mean, it's 100% of the time 
we are not having a good time trading him away. So that worries me in the you know football fan having the most ridiculous superstitions ever known possible to man. But in all the truest form, Josh Dubow tweeted this little nugget out. He said, last time the Raiders traded away Garrett Gilbert, they went 12-0 and made the playoffs in 2016. And more comments than I could count just had... Yeah, and Carr also broke his leg. Thanks for bringing up the year Carr broke his leg. Hey, did you remember? Carr also broke his leg that year. (laughs) So I'm sorry for speaking into existence on this pod, but it has also been spoken into existence already in the Twitterverse. So I just wanted to put that out there just because it's it's rough, you know, rough to think about. I mean, I think just just like the the thing that you brought up, the success of the Raiders – came with adversity just like as you were talking i was so upset with where it was going because i didn't know what you like where you were getting to that i fumbled my mic and i had to connect it and to the point where i i I, like at the end i just heard what you said about josh which is fair because he's always kind of a hater but it's fine right i think this is a chance to rewrite history in a sense um also, as, as much as that is fine, I am terrified that what is eating Gilbert Grape like could could just poison, you know, because grapes are poisonous to dogs. We picture ourselves as Raiders, as hungry dogs, that, that this could be not a good thing and our quarterback gets hurt. It, it doesn't really translate, but I think we're all getting there. But um, I'm, I'm tracking you, and that is terrifying all in the same thing, so... Thank you, and also not thank you for bringing that up. For sure. You just I'm just letting you guys know, heard it here first, 50% of the time the Raiders cut Garrett Gilbert, they win the Super Bowl. So is that a, so is that a prediction that we will win the Super Bowl? I'm just saying when that stat becomes real life, just know you heard it here first on May 19th. Yeah, and and that's fair. Sorry. I I just want to make sure because my mic cut out. Yes. Did was there another time that we cut him when we won the Super Bowl, which wouldn't have been no. No. Like that was like the 80s, you know. Yeah. He wasn't alive then. We signed him when he was negative two, you know. (laughs) And cut him. We signed the we signed the idea of him and then we released him (laughs) to the practice squad. Okay, this sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm playing. Yeah, I'm playing catch up, dude. My bad. Okay, but it's all also, good. no, no. The Raiders, the Raiders have cut him one other time before 2016. Mm-hmm. We won 12 games. That's good news, right? Wrong. Mm-hmm. Car broke his leg. Same time frame. Mm-hmm. So, but what's what's really the good thing? But there's a new stat that's going to occur, and this mm-hmm. time next year when we're doing this podcast on May 19th. We're going to say 50% of the time that the Raiders cut Garrett Gilbert, they win a Super Bowl. So, heard it here first. May 19th, 2023. You know, we're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about how bad is a Super Bowl hangout. Well, I think that we have definitely um, gone on that tangent as, I'm not going to say as long as it could have gone, but definitely maybe longer than it should have gone. But regardless, we are here. We are here to have some fun yeah. and we are here yeah, too. That, that was probably very Bring- loud for a lot of people. Um, my microphone is on a mattress right now. And sometimes it's just like, 
I'm a wacky wavy in faithful arm filling two minutes. See you later. And it just takes off. So that's what happened. Um, and I apologize. It's all good. It's all good because number one, I'm going to edit this, which is good. Yes. Good. Number two, people are listening to this. They're like, yeah, whatever. This is, I don't know. I just, I need to do something. I'll listen to this, but I also need to do something with my time. Right. They're going to go download the DraftKings Sportsbook because that's what this episode is brought to you by. The NBA playoff wow. action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more. And boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place the same game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So we will now transition to the quarterback rankings that I am embarking on. Top 15 is what we're doing. We did the NFL draft. You know, I did my top five. I talked to Micah and said, hey, what if we, you know, just added some context. I, I did the top 10, um, I believe, last year. And now I want to just get into top 15 quarterbacks. We're going to do five at a time. So we'll go 15 through 11 tonight. Um, we're going to roll into 10 through 6, 5 through 1 in the recurring weeks as we go on. But um, once again, how I evaluate these quarterbacks is as the talent that I see every day and also you, you can't factor in like the the team that they do have and also like, oh, well, if they had this, he'd be better. It's like you just have to look at the quarterback, same thing as the draft, right, where you look at them and say, what do they have? What do they struggle with? And that's how I calculate it. And it doesn't mean that it's the truth, right? It, it also doesn't mean like that's how they're going to shape up. But this is how I look at it, guys, and just, you know, fucking roll with me if you're cool with that. But it was very hard because I, I, I took this whole list and, you know, I went through all 32 teams and said, okay, these are all the quarterbacks. And then I ended up with like 34 because I had, you know, the Browns have two quarterbacks that I, I could have factored in. And then the Panthers, you guys know how I feel about, you know, Matt Corral, like, right. You know, Sam Darnold, right. But Matt Corral was like, Hey, you're kind of there, you know, but then from there I, I took those and then I just cut all of them and, and said, Hey, let me get to my top 15. We're going to do this thing, and and it's not going to be perfect, but hopefully this content is actually um, something you you do enjoy. So number 15. I just want to say real quick before you get into 15, sorry to throw you off, but I I mean, speaking to what you're saying right now, like there's been so much ridiculous quarterback movement to different teams this offseason and people getting dealt and people moving on and like so many mixing of – just the quarterbacks that it's like a lot of these quarterbacks that are probably going to be on this list haven't ever played for this team yet. So it's literally Correct. like, you literally just have to take it as like, 
this guy with this neutral team that's on the same exact team as this other guy and whatnot because it's like there's a lot of quarterbacks and and you know probably a decent amount on this list but just in general never played for a team before and they're probably people within this so i think it's just easy to like good i just want to note that like this offseason has been so unprecedented for like quarterbacks getting traded and dealt or just high-end people you yes. know what i mean or at least people of note at least that position yeah certainly and and I, I appreciate you saying that because it you're backing me up in a sense, but also like it's it it, it is weird, right? But um, I think it's it's also fascinating and kind of makes this fun, right? So you know, once again, like we are addressing this as if like as of week one, um, this is how I see the top fifteen, and you know, I also don't make the rules. So if you guys are like you're wrong, I'm like yeah, maybe you know, it, that's as far as it'll go. So. Actually, Micah, I'm going to ask you, okay? So we're going to go 15 through 11. Do you want me to tell you the players that I had that I had left out of this list before or after, right? Would you rather me go through the list and then say, hey, these players aren't there? Or would you want me to address that on the upfront and then say, here's my list? Up to you. So you want to basically do I want honorable mentions now or later? Basically is what you're saying. Okay. I want honorable mentions now because I I feel like the people that were left outside of the list are the most controversial when it comes to like 11 through 15. You know, like that's where the controversy is is involved. So I want you to tell me now who's off of the list. That way I can be like, well, this MFR, who's on his list then? Right. Exactly. So, okay. Perfect. And because the this was the hardest part, basically. So I got everything down to like top 20, top 19. And then obviously, Mike's like, you got to cut it to 15, even though you told me you wanted to do this segment, right? So the honorable mentions currently are Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, and Baker Mayfield. They are not on the list. So initial thoughts, Micah. Um, initial thought, initial thoughts honestly are like, yeah, that makes sense. And I, I don't, without even thinking of like, who are the other 15 that are ahead of them, mm-hmm. putting it on paper, that makes sense. But I would say, I guess, Kirk, Kirk Cousins, definitely outside of it. Tannehill, Baker Mayfield, there's probably an argument there, but also it's like, it makes sense that they're not there. So they're right on that cusp of like, I mean, really, are they, are they not? So this is why you are so good at your job because the exact reason I had an issue with cutting Kirk cousins out leads me to my number 15, which is Zach Wilson. Okay. So here's my thing, right? So Zach Wilson makes it into my top 15. And now once again, as we are evaluating is this year, Okay, number two overall pick, that doesn't dictate it. But the way that he performed, the way that he played, got injured, recovered, came back, and the way that the Jets addressed the offseason, right? So acquiring weapons, receiving, running backs, all those things. I feel like this is someone that has all the traits that can project himself. And like top 15 is... All we're really talking about, if you're keeping track at home, is that 
it's just not the replaceables. You know, the 16 through 30 is like, yeah, we're cool with this. We could use someone else. Zach Wilson is the guy. Okay. And I fully project that he can take this leap from back end of you like last year, right? If, if, if we did this last year and went to 30, he would be in the twenties at some point, but the plays that he made, the strides that he made, I, I feel like he is there to where he will see this jump into easily top 15. And that's why I, I literally dealt with him against cousins. And I'm like, cousins has it. I know what Cousins is going to do. He has Thielen. He has Jefferson. He's going to throw for 3,800 yards. He's going to have those times where it's just like, man, Kirk Cousins went off. And then he goes on prime time and goes 17 for 32, throws three pick sixes. And they're like, yeah, that's kind of the same Kirk Cousins. That's what phased him out. And and all we're talking about is 16 on Andy's list, which no one cares about, right? It so, says Kirk Cousins is a top 14 through 20 quarterback. Exactly. Right that, exactly, right, exactly. right in that phasing you out of this list type of Correct. range. That's all. So I'm betting on the leap of Zach Wilson. And I was, if you kept track at home also, I was betting on Zach Wilson um, as far as the draft is concerned. And so I think he does take that leap. I think they have a lot of weapons. Garrett Wilson, they added a lot of different pieces that is going to kind of really stretch that offense. They added, you know, another running back to where they can actually be versatile, be able to get him into a comfortable playing style off play action, which is really where he is best at attacking the defense. And so Zach Wilson, 15, mark it on the books. I had an issue obviously with Kirk Cousins, but that's where I'm at. I, I didn't want to move off of it and I feel great about it. So, and so now moving into number 14, we have Indianapolis Colts, Matt Ryan, number 14. So this is once again, it's tough, right? Because you have, I just talked about earlier at 15 and I had to rule out someone, but someone on the decline of his career as far as age, right? But Matt Ryan gets traded to the Indianapolis Colts. And he also is faced with more weapons, better system, a better team overall, where they will win more games. And if you looked at that Atlanta Falcons roster, roster, you would say, how the hell did they even win seven games, right? It honestly was all on Matt Ryan, and he did so much to even get those guys to the point where they could actually be in a spot to win games. And, and it's he still has the arm talent, still that guy that was the man. I feel like he was number two or number three overall in the draft, but from Boston College, like he was, he's still that guy. So MVP, Matt Ryan, he's in his mid to late 30s, but I still feel like going into this Indianapolis Colts team where they are, you know, first run, or, or I guess a team that is first run basis and also lives by the defense, he is going to be able to kill off play action, still has the arm to do it. And that's what leads him to number 14 on my list. Matt Ryan, Indianapolis Colts was weird because all you've ever known is him as a Falcon. But Michael, what say you about me going from Zach Wilson to Matt Ryan at number 14? Well, all I'm going to say is that people forget that the Falcons had 10 out of their 11 offensive starters were first round draft picks. 
So to say people that he forget that. people forget that. So to say that he was carrying that offense, but you're right, he was. Um, no, I don't, I don't, I don't hate on that. I just had to put that out there because that was just always a ridiculous thing that got brought up that year um, for no reason whatsoever. But Matt Ryan, I think he's always been one of those top twelve-ish guys. So a, re- a re- receding hairline version of Matt Ryan is 15, <laughs> so yeah no I, I I honestly think that like it's it's like a Matt Stafford that's like this is like the stepchild of Matt Stafford where it's like he was on the Lions and they're like yeah he's good but not that good but Matt Ryan's just been on the Falcons they're like you're an MVP and then your team kind of sucks and you're not in the Super Bowl and you were like, fine. You know, it's like he always just gets downgraded based off that, but he has no help on offense. Julio Jones is like, fuck it. I'm going to go to Tennessee and then get cut, you know. So he was on his way out. It's like, they're like, we're going to deal with everyone. And then here's Kyle Pitts, you know, like he didn't have that much around him. And then the defense on the other side just was like, Deion Jones, you mind doing everything? Sick, dude. So it, it was never a thing where like the win loss column ever favored in his 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 sense i guess and then they end up being like we want deshaun watson and then he's like i'm going to the browns and they're like and matt ryan's like well yeah i'm kind of the guy and they're like well yeah i guess we should trade you to colts you know so send him there and then the colts were like we kind of fucked up on that carson wentz thing dude but we'll spin this into we have like a better carson wentz you know it's like a carson wentz that doesn't throw left-handed that's kind of where they're at and Matt Ryan is the guy, and I think he is still in the top 15. He's a little older, as I mentioned, but still someone that should make this list. Any thoughts now, Mike? No, I absolutely love it. I, I feel like you're biased against left-handed people because no, okay. if he's, if well, he's only... right-handed Carson Wentz and he makes the list just because Carson Wentz is, is left-handed. I'm, I'm not biased against – I'm biased against – I don't want to cancel left... you, but – no, I'm biased against right-handed players that throw left-handed. Not just lefties. Touche salesman. So you think Ben like, Simmons as well. He doesn't even know which hand he shoots with, dude. Like, like Carson once is like, I'm right-handed all the time, getting sacked. Here's a left. And then, and then she goes, like, to the house, you know? It's not, it's not an attack. I sound like... You, you know, you know, you don't live in a sign of life. It's right? not in a sign. I just um, coming at me all wrong. <laughs> it, it's the wrong town. Say it again. I'll stab you in the face with a sign. Oh, Carson Wentz. <laughs> yeah, with this left handed soldering iron. <laughs> uh, oh, man. <laughs> and which leads us and to. Cutscene. <laughs> cutscene. No, so number this actually is perfect because it leads us to our number 13 quarterback on my list, which is not ever controversial, but it is Deshaun Watson um, for the Cleveland Browns at number 13. So here's how I feel about this. I've always felt high about Deshaun Watson. Now, what you have to factor is playing this year, he has taken a year off, obviously going through all the legal things that he went through and, and basically obviously didn't even play this last 2021, 2022 year. So um, I feel like Deshaun Watson is, is one of the probably top seven most talented quarterbacks 
I feel like going into this year, who knows what this like suspension will be, who knows what his ability will be, where he's at as far as what he's worked on, um, and also going into a very complex situation with the Cleveland Browns. So he lands at number 13. He has all the ability to be in the top five, in the top seven. But um, at this point, I just, I feel like that was the right place for him, which if anything, I'm like, you know, I still think he's one of those guys, even though I don't agree with anything about what externally has happened or, or how things are going, you know, whatever you have to evaluate the quarterbacks as is. And Baker Mayfield is, you know, still in this conversation as far as potentially starting based on Deshaun Watson being, you know, suspended, what have you, but it's a weird topic to talk talk about. But um, also I think that he, his talent alone should put him in there, but I didn't think it was fair to the rest of the 12 um, for him to be anywhere else besides 13. So Micah, what say you, Christopher Walker? Very interesting. Very interesting putting him there because talent wise, very much higher than a 13 but i agree with you i mean we don't even know that he's going to be a quarterback in 2023 so you know that's a that's one of those risk reward things you got to factor in is is he actually even going to play is he going to be you know the person taking the browns to the super bowl so <laughs> nice. I, just, I just i had to, I had to get that <laughs> <laughs> get that saying uh, it's a poop joke. You just it's a poop <laughs> joke. Try to get a poop joke in there somehow. Good. So yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Anyways, um, that's very interesting. Though, Good man. That you got him. That you got him where you're at. But hey, hey, no one's here to judge. No one's here. You you've got you've got a better gauge on these things than I do. And I agree that the risk reward of of even having him on the list in the first place when we don't even know that he's actually going to play football this year. You got to factor that. Yeah. I mean, I think it comes down to where like, if, like, if, if I was just going to like, I just push everything aside one year off of playing football. Right. And then you take the top 12 quarterbacks that's in front of him and, and, and look at them. Right. It's like, yeah, I I've always looked at him as a talent. And a lot of that was based off numbers and upside. Right. So he, he, he may have never, always been this top five quarterback that I've, I have looked at, but I'm like, no, he's, he's going there. And then now you're talking about a setback of one year with all these things. And so you then kind of have to level set and say, okay, well, it wasn't always like he was for sure a top five quarterback, which was not always about numbers, but always about like impact significance, like so, so many different things that we'll get into, but but then you're like, okay, then you took one year off and it has nothing to do with like those legal things. It has everything to do with like, I was always betting on traits, production and potential. Right. And so it's like, if, if production is not there, then I'm just betting on what I think you could be, you know? And then, and now we're adjusting to a Cleveland Browns team that is a, a run first, you know, offense. Right. It's like, is it, so then, so then how, how much of an impact you're going to be. And, and yes, I do know, by the way, what the Browns traded for him for. It was like, here's all of our first round forever. Right. It was like all of those things. It was like th- the next three years of first round picks. So, and that's fine. But how, how could I like, which is going to be fucking hilarious, by the way, as we get to our next person, but it's going to be funny. Like, how, how could I actually put him? 
someone who didn't play last year above this person or even the next 11. So if you want to jump in, feel free, but like also nope. the, ne- the yeah. next person you're going to, you're going to have enough to. So number That's 12, I'm ready, for, I'm ready for you to move forward. Get going on. Yeah. It. We're good. Number, number 12, Derek Carr. Okay. Number 12, Las Vegas Raiders, Derek Carr. So this is always where I felt like he is. Okay. And it's, you could, you could make every excuse or, or, or back everything as far as like what he doesn't have or what he should capitalize on, whatever. This is honestly the breaking point of where I was like, how could I put Deshaun above him? Right. Because I've, I've always been very, like I, I've, I've criticized Carr. I, I've been very, but I've also always said like, he, he is worth this, you know? So then you can look at the contracts, you can look and say, okay, well, like, well, no one would trade this much for Derek Carr or no one, you know what I'm saying? Like whatever, but okay, well then you tell me that tomorrow showing up, you're going to get this because it's never going to be the case, right? No one's ever like, no, no one sees what Carr has in, in a sense of is like the leadership and all those things that doesn't translate and that's not worth money, but man, that guy has always increased his production, has always increased his abilities, has always made more with less, and now he has more. He has more talent. He has the most talent that's ever been there. The only comparison was Crabtree Cooper, that 2016 year where we traded Garrett Gilbert, you know, right? and he broke his leg on, on Christmas. Or Christmas. Yeah, it all comes full circle. All comes right. full circle. We're all coming back to Garrett Gilbert, but. Um, yeah, I, I just think like it, it's, I think 12 is, is where he's at. You know, it's like, I think he's, he's right there. I'm not going to be like, well, like I could have easily put him at nine or 14. And I also don't make the fucking rules, dude. Like, I'm just saying like that when I look at it, it's like, who would you rather have? And it's not, and, and I'm looking at this as not like contract wise. I'm not looking at this as like age. I'm not, I'm saying for t- this next season, who would I rather have? Right. That's it. Clean slate and cars number 12. So I have been one of the bigger Deshaun Watson advocates of, of ever, you know, and being like this, this is the guy. And, and then things happen. So you have to, you know, kind of reset a little bit. So that's why I was like, I just can't do it because like car hasn't done nothing but progress and 4,000 yard, you know, seasons, 4,000 yard season, boom, all this stuff with, with rugs, with Gruden, with all you know, all these different things, and like everyone, like I love Basachi, but like I'm sorry, you want to tell me the biggest leader on that team last year? It was Carr. It wasn't Rich Basachi. It wasn't. He was the head coach. He was the interim, and people leaned on him. The person they were freaking led by, Carr. Okay, and that and you can't quantify that in stats. So. For that, and it's, I'm not, it's not, that's why this is getting tricky because, you know, to rock around, to rock around, that's right up on time, it's tricky. But I, I, if anyone knows me, I'm not like the biggest car stand, right? That, that should be a value as far as like what he did last year. Sorry, you can't, you can't put someone who was suspended for a whole year or chose to sit out for a whole year, even though he has top five talent, but never got to that. In Deshaun Watson above him. So 
Sorry, I think that no, I think no, that value is known within the locker rooms, is known within coaches, GMs, people that are in organization. I think that that value is known. I don't think you know, and we don't know any of that stuff. Fans don't know any of that stuff. I mean, even when you're talking about players that aren't playing anymore, like they know what that type of stuff is, but you don't really know unless you're in there, and even. GMs, people that are not even with the Raiders, just within organizations in the NFL, know that that value is way more than what general like fan base street value would would say about him, or just like general stats and everything like that. So I think that's something that isn't known when it comes to us talking about trade value. I think it's well known when it comes to like actual GMs talking about trade value. Yes, and and I agree. And thank you, thank you for saying that because I feel like it's it's hard because I'm like I I I do, and I, I feel like you and I both, right? I feel like you and I both do not criticize, but we evaluate him like how we see it, and and it's not always this. He's the best ever. Oh my gosh! But also, I think we're like, dude, he's he's pretty freaking good, and we need him. You know. Like there, there's a, a level of value with that. And also kind of like what you touched on with the leadership character, things that that have been a factor in the NFL that are unreliable. Like I think it's, there is value in that and there's weight, you know, that you should stack onto. So car, Derek Carr, number 12, not going to be problematic because everyone's be like, you're freaking draftless suck, dude. People didn't go in that ranking, even though they went to the teams that you said they would. You know, like, yeah, I guess it's a win-lose kind of thing. And as we talked about, your evaluation of the person player was correct. Where they, like the actual number at which they were picked in the draft, not correct. But your evaluation, which is all that matters. You're always, you're the best. By the way, that's all, that, that's all I can say. It's just you're the best. So, um, okay, last last one here. We're going 15 through 11. So, number 11, and this is tough. Uh, Kyler Murray is is number 11 for me, which I've, if so, right? If anyone has ever listened to any of the way I evaluate quarterbacks, it has always been about traits, upside intangibles things that are elite if you have something elite and it, it it's all about the system that can can actually ele- elevate that elite trait right but um he's not great right now sorry and i think if we're going to judge off this 2023 year that we are or 2022 year that we are approaching he finished this past year not good now part of it was injury part of it was I think teams figured him out. And I think that the way he was able to be successful at Oklahoma and the way that he was able to be successful as a rookie in his first two or three years, I think teams figured him out. It's not to say that they could eliminate him, but his true potential was the ability to strike the deep ball when escaping the pocket or to be able to gouge you for 30 yards. Right. If it opened up, boom. Now, once teams start actually saying, hey, we'll blanket covers this and we'll we'll have a spy. We'll have someone to back her and say, we're going to watch you and follow you. We'll play somewhat aggressive on the front end. We can play bump and run, but we'll have some over the top help. He didn't have anything. 
So if you took the last six games, I don't even, I have the stats. I don't even want, it's not even worth mentioning, but he was like a very mediocre quarterback. And then you translate because if you just look at their record, eight and zero, they started eight and zero, and then it was they they didn't even win the NFC West, and then had to go on the road on the wild card and lost. Okay, so this was a team that got very big high, and you could say that Cliff Kingsbury is to blame that he has never won a big game, has always had these you know rises, and also not be able to react to make adjustments, what have you. But I'm I'm sorry, but if you want to look at the coach, you better look at the quarterback because that is what everything revolves around. And I think he has so many strengths. And I think he also has so many limitations that team, like the other side of the, the ball, the defense, they get paid too. Okay. They're also professional athletes and they get paid too. And I think you look at someone like Josh Allen, Mahomes, Rogers, the top quarterbacks, what do you want to say? And teams are just going to say, we're going to do our best, right? To, to, to defend and make sure whatever. I think they look at it and said, I think we can just try to take away what's going to kill us. And when he did, when they, when he wasn't able to see that, he wasn't okay with five yard checkdowns. He wasn't okay with these short plays because everything was explosive. And so his natural instinct was like, I'm going to go, I'm going to gush, let your, I'm going to gash for 30 yards or I'm going to hit this thing 45 yards down the field. Once that wasn't there, you saw it was check, check, look around, look around, throw away, right? His mentality and his play style was always this big play thing. And I think, I guess, I guess where I'm going with this is that I think teams figured him out and he is going to have to adjust to that. But like, take a look at that. Take a look at the playoff game. Take a look at the last six games. He was shut down. And that was someone who was once viewed as a top seven quarterback, also in my eyes and also in the NFL, but like legitimately was just what came down to where it's like, no, he's actually too short. No, he actually just is, is not a refined quarterback where he can work through his progressions and hit the 35 yard crosser and also hit the seven yard thing just to move the chains. He's, he's one of those quarterbacks in that, has limitations and until he gets there, he will not be inside my top 10 because that's obviously what everyone's working towards. So Mikey, your thoughts. Um, I don't really have any thoughts outside of, you know, cool throne, Josh Rosen. Be realistic here. (laughs) Josh Rosen's on the cool throne right now. That's a great one. Where would the Cardinals be if they had just stuck with him? You know, would they be in this, uh, you know, he's, he's a little better outside, than Josh Rosen. Quarterback I mean, outside I mean, the top ten on Andy's list. I don't know. You know, it's. I mean, Josh Rosen would probably be twenty twenty. I signs twenty twenty. Oh man, that's all I got. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I mean, I I don't like. Once again, it's it's not. I don't I don't feel like I know everything. I I feel like I just know I know what I see. I I know where things are going, and um, at least from my vantage point, and so. All I can do is evaluate that. And Kyler Murray was someone who was approaching the top five last year that took a significant step back to where it's not even the box. Like, don't even read the box scores. Just, like, watch the games. So you could tell there were – and, and yes, he does need more weapons, right? 
I think Cliff Kingsbury system is something that could improve and, and something that could get him into more advantageous situations. But all we're trying to do, like all, all we're trying to do is address the quarterbacks as is. And even if Kyler Murray was in the same system as, you know, uh, Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill or Mac Jones or Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, like whatever it is, you have to evaluate them as them. And I think he has his own limitations, which is something that we want to consider. And that's kind of, kind of where I'm at, you know? So I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't feel like it, this is the, you know, the exact science, but this is what I see. And I, I also, you know, I wish the best for him, but Derek Carr, you're 12, dude, but you're ahead of Deshaun. So there's that. Well, I think the I think the biggest part is is I, I can't wait to get into your top ten or you know, your six through your six through ten, which will be coming next week. Mainly because two guys at thirteen and eleven very well could have been inside the top ten. So that's where it gets interesting. That's where the debate comes. Uh please please, please tell us how you feel on Twitter because we would love to hear it. And, I, and I only say that because it's not my list. That's yeah. the only reason I say that. You also know that I suck at Twitter, so there's that too. So, But yeah, I, I like the list so far. It's great so far, and I can't wait to uh, can't wait till we get into the rest of it for sure. Yeah. Cool. Well, there's 15 through 11. Um, we're going to rip through it. Obviously, next pod, give you everything Raiders that we do see or they end up making trades like they have in um, the last couple of weeks. We will, we will address that. And then we also will address my 10 through six QB rankings, because if you're going to bet on anything, it's going to be that because I am the most smartest person ever indeed, certainly. But till next time, Raider nation, stand up. Love you guys. Micah, you're the best. You're the real, you're the realist. Ho, ho, as always, <laughs> as always, we appreciate the love. Please share, oh. subscribe, rate, review. Give us those five stars on Apple Podcasts. Go check out the website, RaiderTakePodcast.com. Go check out the YouTube. <laughs> you got the- Oh, I probably oh, so yeah, I probably not. What the fuck? <laughs> Ladies and fans, too. Come on, she <laughs> shut us up. We got a kid. Uh-huh. What bad? Hey, don't be so. Which one? What's one? <laughs>